BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at wintrust.com slash Cubs. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. The season is almost here and we are checking out the competition. It's a closer look at the Central Division's best teams. The Cubs caught the Cardinals in 2015 and then they carried that momentum into a World Series championship in 2016. Well, last year, the Brewers caught the banged up Cubs. They won the division in a one game playoff at Wrigley. And now what happens in 2019? We should point out that this podcast was recorded earlier this week before the Brewers had announced Corey Knable's elbow injury on Thursday. So take that into account as we discuss the Brewers' bullpen in just a bit. We are excited to be joined by Jeff Levering, the radio voice of the Brewers. Jeff, uh, glad to hear you survived the winter. I guess some of it's (laughs) down in Arizona, but uh, not an easy winter for anybody, right? No, no, not at all. I mean, when you get a foot of snow and then a couple of days later it's minus 51 degrees outside with the wind chill, yeah, that's that's not an easy way to go. We're, we're certainly happy that spring is here, no doubt. Spring's here, baseball's here, finally. Uh, Brewers were a win away from their first World Series since 1982. I, I guess, do you think the torch has been passed by the Cubs, or do you think this rivalry is just getting warmed up in the division? I think everything's just kind of getting warmed up, to be honest with you, Luke. Um, you know, even though the Cubs, quote-unquote, had a, a down year last year, they still won 95 games, and that's with, with Baez having a phenomenal year. Um, he had a down year from Chris Bryant and a down year from Anthony Rizzo, so to speak, uh, and, and really no closer. Brandon Marlow spent half a season with the, with the club in the major league. So, you know, you're, you're looking at, at three big-time players that had – you know, somewhat of a down year, and the, the Cubs still won 95 games. Brewers just happened to get really hot at the right time, and the month of September was really good for them, and um, they put everything together. That bullpen was phenomenal with what the Brewers were able to do, and most of those guys are all coming back, and, and you know, they've added a little bit to it as well. So it's a, it's a really fun rivalry. The Cardinals got better in the offseason with the addition of Paul Goldschmidt and Andrew Miller, so it's uh, it's going to be a race to the finish with those those three teams with the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals. I think, you know, I'm not big into predictions, but the the team that ends up just a touch over 500 within the division record, they're they're probably going to be hoisting the division championship. That's for sure. Well, I, I know the buzz is always Packer football in Wisconsin, but with the Bucks playing the way they're playing, and the Brewers on the brink of this, and now Ken Rosenthal and Robert Murray, the Athletic, reporting that. The Brewers are in talks with Craig Kimbrell. What what would that bullpen look like if the Brewers could get that done? I'd say for any offense that's facing the Brewers bullpen, it's a little scary. Um, you know, you've got an all-star closer in Corey Knable from a couple of years ago, a pair of all-stars in Jeremy Jeffress and Josh Hader from a year ago, and then you add a guy like Kimbrell potentially to the back end of that. Um, you know, you're shortening the game to, to basically five innings, potentially four. 
um, from your starting pitcher, and then you can hand it off to the bullpen. So uh, it, if the Brewers end up pulling that deal off, it would be it would create one of the best bullpens that that anybody has seen in the major leagues, and, and rivals you know the likes of the Yankees with what they've been able to build with Ottavino and Chapman and and uh, and the like. So it's it's a really it's a really fun bullpen that's even without a Craig Kimbrell, uh, which is again just conjecture at this point, but. Um, the, the big four in the, the back end of the Brewers' bullpen when Jeffords finally becomes healthy probably in the middle of April, um, it, it's as good as anybody in the major leagues. And uh, it's exciting when, when you know, the Brewers had a, a tough run there for a little while, 15 and 16, and they decided to rebuild everything, and it's, it's come to fruition pretty quickly. Um, I know the Cubs dealt with it as well, getting a bunch of number one picks, uh, and they've turned it into a World Series championship and a division perennial champion over the last couple of years. But um, it's it's been fun to watch the excitement with this team and with the city and yeah the Bucks are playing well you got two teams with within the state of Wisconsin that are in the the NCAA tournament with Wisconsin and and Marquette so it's still fun that the the buzz is around the Brewers and the fact that they're even having conversations with some of the top players and top free agents in in the game of baseball is it's a really good thing for the city and the state. Well, I mean, Jeff, I, just from the Chicago perspective, it sure looks from here like the Brewers are going all in on this season. You know, that some of the one-year deals have been aggressive but also affordable. Mike Moustakis was drafted as a shortstop, but he played most of his career at third. Can he play second base every day? He certainly has the bat with 28 home runs last year. Yeah, that's the hope, and, and he's, he's acquitted himself very nicely at second base. Now, yesterday there were a couple of plays, a feed to second base that – that got a little bit botched, and, and some of the footwork is still coming from Mike Moustak. He's been over on the, the left side of the infield for his whole career. Now he's over on the right side. So it's a, a big difference for him. He did a little bit of it last year within the Brewers' shifting scheme. Uh, but I think he's going to be just fine. And, and when you look at what the potential batting order for the Brewers might be, you've got a guy like Mike Moustakis who had 28 home runs a year ago between the Brewers and the Royals hitting in the seventh spot. It's um, a, a really deep lineup. And um, and it's one that I know everybody within the Central Division is a little bit worried because one through seven, I'm, I don't know if there's a, a better lineup right now that that's running out there uh, within the division. So it's uh, I think he's done a nice job at second base. I think he's going to continue to do a nice job at second base. And uh, the Brewers have some some bench support just in case he's he falters a little bit, and and you have a, a late inning situation too with substitutions. The way that Craig Council in this front office likes to move things around late in games. And they added Grandall as a you know great catcher on another one-year deal. How much does he help the Brewers? He helps them uh, a lot. I mean, the Brewers over the last couple of years since the departure of Jonathan Lucroy have kind of pieced together their catching situation. Uh, last year it was Manny Pena and Jet Bandy at the beginning, and then Eric Kratz joined the team halfway through the season. Um, you know, this year you're going to get 120 starts, 125 starts at Yasmani Grandall. Um, you know, having him go from a place – previously like San Diego and then Dodger Stadium, two very pitcher-friendly ballparks, and then you put his left-handed bat, um, which he's going to hit from most of the time anyway, uh, in a place like Miller Park. I mean, it starts to get a little bit crazy, like video game numbers on what he might be able to do over the course of the season at Miller Park. So it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. He's done a nice job defensively, and it's been fun, especially the spring training, watching him work at the pitcher's um, getting to know these guys as soon as he signed with the Brewers, as soon as the 
ink was dry, and it might not have even been dry at that point. He was calling all the pitchers and saying, hey, listen, come down to Arizona. Let's get ourselves together and let's throw some bullpens. I want to be able to, to figure out what you throw, what you like to throw. So he's been putting the work in on the defensive end. And he had a, a really bad National League Championship Series against the crew, blocking balls, and he had a tough time throwing. Uh, he's cleaned that up, especially in the spring. And uh, I look forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do over the course of the regular season. Christian Yelich was so fun to watch at the end of the season, and unless you were a Cubs or Cardinals fan, I mean, he was <laughs> he was unbelievable. Do you think he can repeat that in 2019? That's kind of a question Cubs fans are asking about Javier Baez. Can can it happen again this year at that level? Right. I mean, yeah, at that level, it's it's really tough to to gauge because he was as hot as anybody over the last two and a half months of the season last year. Um, to expect that, I mean, he almost hit 400 over the last two and a half months of the season after the All-Star break. So to expect that, I think, would be a little bit lofty. But I mean, he's continued here in the spring. I think he's hitting close to 500. If he's not at 500 right now in the first 10 or 15 games that he's played, um, you know, he's just incredible. And he came into this season and said, I don't even want to talk about last year. It's all about 2019 and what we did. And you know, it's all we. It's never. It's never me. It's never I. I don't even think he says I unless he's got something in his eye. To be honest with you, <laughs> and that doesn't even happen. So he he's just all about the team, and he's about getting himself better and, and trying to be the best version of himself and a great teammate. And I mean, all the cliches that you want to run out there. Uh, I, I hate saying them, but it's so true with, with Christian because he's he's just such a special human being and a great player and. Heck, he's even a decent actor now after he was in Magnum P.I. for an episode. So I heard about he, he that. Is really, I know, and he did a good job. He did a good job. I, I appreciated the Photoshop of the mustache uh, <laughs> that Cut 4 put together. But, uh, I mean, the hope is that he's able to do what he did last year, and if the guys are on base ahead of him, like Lorenzo Cain and Braun and Aguilar and Shaw behind him, uh, it's going to be a good year for that offense. You know, I, I'm a fan of trading for a known and, and giving up prospects. I, I, I would do that nine times out of ten, but Cubs fans now are going to have to watch Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease play for the rival White Sox in town, uh, mm-hmm. the two guys they gave up to get Quintana. What did the Brewers give up for Yelich? There just can't be any regrets after watching him play last year. No, you, you really can't. I mean, they gave up three of their top ten prospects, and, and you know, prospects are only as as good as, as other teams view them and as you view them as well and as you rank them. So the Brewers gave up a pretty good second baseman, Nissan Diaz, who's going to be in AAA this year for the Marlins. Uh, Lewis Brinson, who's going to be a great player at some point, but he hasn't been able to prove it at the major league level consistently. Um, you know, that's a, that was a tough guy to give up. Monte Harrison, who could be a, a Bo Jackson type of player, but he's, I mean, uh, comparisons are comparisons for a reason, but you got to be able to prove that as well. And, uh, and a young pitcher named Jordan Yamamoto, who was in double-A last year. So if all of those guys end up going to the big leagues and helping the Marlins, then it's a good deal for the Marlins, too. But, I mean, you give up a guy like Christian Yelich with all of that control um, and a pretty decent salary for the Brewers to, to be able to work with over the next few years uh, for four players that, you know, if you look at it, could be. And, you know, you've got the asterisk next to the could be. Um, it, it's it's tough to swallow if you're a Marlins fan, uh, but that those are the moves they had to make. I mean, they had an all-star outfield with Ozuna and Yelich and Stanton, and they gave them all away, um, and they got a ton of guys in the process, and they cut payroll, but at the same time, if you're a Marlins fan, you go, oh, my gosh, here we go again. The Brewers, 
you, you do that deal 99 times out of 100, and, and you don't even think about it because of what you get in Yelich, the player, and the, the person. To- totally agree with that. Um, you know, I guess from the Chicago perspective, and I don't like using this word like a weakness of a team, but I guess the unknown for maybe the Brewers might be the, the starting rotation, but you get a guy back, it looks like Jimmy Nelson's coming back from that shoulder injury. That's not as common as coming back from Tommy John anymore. Shoulders are a little more uh, iffy. What do the Brewers expect from him this year? Well, I think they're going to be careful with, with expectations, and uh, they're certainly going to limit innings, too. Um, he hadn't pitched competitively since September of 2017 when he banged up that shoulder at Wrigley Field. If he hit a ball off the wall, was thinking about stretching it into a double and stopped and came back and, and slid back into first base and basically tore your shoulder in three different places. It's, it's been a long road for Jimmy, but he threw three really good innings out of the bullpen uh, a couple of days ago in a major league game. He's supposed to go four innings or 65 pitches uh, on Thursday. So he's going to start the year in AAA, uh, kind of build his stamina back up, but to expect... 150 innings from Jimmy Nelson, I think, would be a little bit premature for Brewers fans. Um, it, it's really nice to, to have him there, but they are going to limit his innings, and, and rightfully so, coming off the injury. But his stuff looks electric. Um, you know, the Brewers starting pitching behind Yoli Cassin, who was really good last year for the Brewers. And Chase Anderson is going to eat some innings, and, and Zach Davies will do the same thing, and hopefully they can get back to what they were in 2017 as opposed to 18. And then you've got the fireballers at the back end with Woodruff and uh, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta. And they have plenty of arms to the Brewers, um, but, but you're relying on guys that had great postseason success, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, of course. Um, and if they don't make the rotation there at the back end of your bullpen to provide um, one-inning spurts or potentially multiple innings at times. So they, they've got some coverage. No team anymore goes through the season with, with just five starting pitchers. Everybody knows that now. So having that depth and the quality of arms that they're disposable is something the Brewers really, really are excited about. Well, you talked about it at the beginning. How do you see the Central? I, I think every team in the division has improved, so I'm not sure what the win total is going to be or take to win the, win the Central. But how, how do you think the Central plays out this year? It's a great question. You're right, because every team did improve, even the Pirates, who, who seems like or they, they pitch so well. They've done such a nice job on the pitching side for the last, uh, I want to call it, 10 years or so. Um, they've got great starting pitching, Tyone and Archer uh, among them. Uh, their bullpens, if he, even though they've got Felipe Rivero at the back end, or Felipe Vasquez, I should say now, but he's done such a nice job at the back end of the bullpen. Um, the Pirates are going to be competitive it's always tough going to PNC Park and trying to score runs. The Reds got significantly better. Their offense was always scary, but adding a guy like Puig and Matt Kemp to it uh, makes it even more scary. Plus, they've actually got some pitching, and former Brewers coach Derek Johnson is going to do a nice job with their starters and bullpen guys as well. Um, I don't know how it's all going to shake out, to be honest with you, Luke. I, like I said before, the team in the division with their divisional record that's at 500, just maybe above 500, I think wins the division. Um, it's going to be a gauntlet, I can tell you that much, and, and maybe 90 wins is, is what it's going to take. And I think everybody went into last year kind of saying the same number, uh, and the Brewers had to win 96 to win the championship, and it took 163 games to do it. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of sticking with my first to 90 wins the division. Um, 
uh, I think that's a pretty decent number. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, our David Kaplan here mm-hmm. loves to quote a Chuck Tanner rule that he once told him that a team with six players having a career year in a season, the next year he says they take a step back. How would Craig Council or the Brewers uh, respond to something like that? Is that a challenge to, to the Brewer baseball team? I think it is, and, and they've heard it all season long and all off-season long, and it's a, the term regression is one that's kind of stuck in the Brewers clubhouse for a little while. Um, they think because you know, outsiders think just because people had some great years and Jesus Aguilar coming alive last year and finally getting an opportunity and um, Christian Yelich doing what he did, people think that, well, they're not going to be able to do it again this year. Um, they might. You never know. you get, you got to go out there and you got to play. There's more depth. Um, you're, you're more hungry after you come up a, a game short of going to the World Series for the first time since 1982. And for a lot of these players, I mean, it, it's nice to have guys in the clubhouse like Mike Moustakas and Lorenzo Cain, who went through this as a member of the Kansas City Royals a couple of years ago in 14 and 15, came up short in Game 7 against the Giants and then go out and win it in 2015 against the Mets. You have that veteran leadership of guys who have been in the clubhouse, guys that have done it before, that can help lead the team and, and keep the eye on the prize. Um, David Stearns and Craig Council, there's this, this great documentary that was released not too long ago uh, called Free Solo. Have you heard about this, Luke? Yes, I've seen, I haven't watched it, but I've, I've seen it on my, uh, I think on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's it's insane. So I watched it the other night, and I still get goosebumps of just thinking about some of the aerial shots of this guy who's climbing up El Capitan in Yosemite with no ropes. Wow. Um, so right, so that that it, it's it's a weird correlation. But David Stern and Craig Council have all talked about, hey, listen, this guy is so prepared going into climbing this mountain, where with one little misstep, not only do you fail in your mission. But you're dead, right? So, right. I mean, that's the that's I mean, that's the ultimate. Hey, listen, this, we're we're not trying to compare ourselves to what what this guy's trying to do, climbing a mountain by himself with nothing but the rock uh, next to him. But it, it's kind of the analogy of, hey, listen, we're all in this thing together. We have to prepare ourselves uh, for what's ahead. It's not just this first step. It's thinking a couple of steps ahead and what our preparation is going to be in the spring to lead us to potentially getting to the top of the mountain. It's, it's, I would encourage everybody to watch it. It's phenomenal. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. Um, but it's a really nice kind of like life lesson. Watch this thing and, and you know, be in awe of it. If you have height problems, don't, because you're going yeah. to have anxiety. But it's, uh, it's insane, and it's kind of been the, the overlying concepts that uh, the Craig Council and David Stearns have been sending to the team this spring. I'm going to leave those types of challenges to other people. I'm terrified of heights, although I watched one called, um, also on Netflix, Dawn Wall, and it's about a guy who has a tremendous life story, and he tries to climb the Dawn Wall, I believe, at Yosemite. Nobody had ever done it, and it's it's very similar to that type of story. Um, I have Mm -hmm. one more question for you, Jeff. Yep. Your radio partner is Bob Euchre, right? He's 80, yes, it sure is. He's 85 <laughs> now. Give us something surprising about working with Bob Euchre. Well, surprising. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's been so great to me. This is my fifth year with the Brewers organization. He's just been almost like a grandfather or a really good friend over the last couple of years. And um, our relationship has been really good. I think, I think one thing that uh, people don't realize about, about Bob is how giving he is. Um, 
charity work. He does a bunch of stuff with the the Make-A-Wish Foundation. For a long time, he used to go to the Children's Hospital in Milwaukee just by himself just to to try and cheer up the kids. He did that for 15 years almost every day. Um, He's just a really special human being. Um, I have two kids. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and my son always comes in, and he doesn't even care about saying hi to me. He always wants to go over and say hi to Bob because he's got a (laughs) bubble gum for him every single time. So it's, hey, Dad, okay, where's Bob? Let me go say hi. Um, He's just still giving, and and, uh, he's a great, great human being. He's hilarious, of course, and he's so funny, and, and we've got a great bond, and nothing is ever light in the booth, and it's just, it's great to work with him and to sit next to him during that run last year, uh, working as much as he did. He worked a month straight for the first time in the last couple of years. Uh, but just to sit next to him during the, the celebrations and when he's pulling the ripcord and the celebrations and stuff, um, it, it's almost like he decreased in age 30 years. Uh, <laughs> and, and that was really, really, really fun to be a part of. He was as strong as ever during the postseason. And, um, you know, just being a part of that and sitting next to him is, is something I'll, I'll never be able to forget. And I cherish it forever. And people should know, I saw that the players gave him a playoff share and he took that yeah. money and then he put it right back into charity. It wasn't like he went out and bought a new car with it. No, he didn't. He, he took every single dollar and donated it to a, a handful of charities in Milwaukee. and um, Just goes to show how, how giving he is. And, and to get a playoff share is very rare for a broadcaster. And, it almost never happens. I mean, I never, I didn't get a penny of it, and I didn't expect to. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that that they gave Bob that entire, the the entire full share. I mean, he he relishes being in the dugout and, and being in the clubhouse before games, and you know, he's just like one of the guys. He he gives it, he takes it. It's 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 a really fun relationship to watch with with the players interacting with Bob. Jeff, this has been a blast. Uh, Cubs fans, if you want to know what the Brewers are up to this year. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at JLevering4. Is that correct, Jeff? Yep, that's it. All right, we'll be following you this year. Jeff, thanks for your time, and have a great season. Sounds good. Talk to you later, Luke. Thank you. Opening day is almost here. Make sure you subscribe to the Cubs Talk podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google, Art19, Spotify. You can find us all over the place. So don't miss out on any episode this season. We will be busy. I'm Luke Stuckmar. Thanks for listening to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So... Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.